And welcome back. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, we are in the sixth of a seven-part series on Christian stewardship. This content comes from my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership, and it's chapter three in that book. Today, we're going to look at selfish versus godly ambition. But before we get going here on uh, looking at selfish versus godly ambition, I want to just invite you to head over to BibleandBusiness.com and take a look at our articles and podcasts right now, at the time of this recording anyways. We have an offer for a free white paper on partnerships uh, that you might be interested in. You can also download the slides to this uh, episode in PDF format from BibleandBusiness.com. So I'll invite you to head over there. Remember, I write and I publish for Christians who own businesses and Christians who are leaders in for-profit businesses. Last week, uh, in, in episode uh, five, we kind of left that with a little bit of a carrot there dangling, and it was this. Can we be content and live, in a, live out of a place of contentment as business owners while also being ambitious to grow our businesses and create more wealth? In other words, in order to be ambitious uh, to grow your business, do you, does that require a level of discontentedness, which would then uh, cause us to violate scripture or sin? And that was the question that I ended with uh, in the last episode. Today, I want to deal with that uh, directly. So this is really the question that we're going to look at. Can we be content as business owners and live out of a place of contentment while also being ambitious to grow our businesses and create more wealth. Uh, I'd like to start by uh, attacking this issue by uh, looking at two types of ambition. Both of these are really defined in the scriptures for us. One is selfish ambition and one is godly ambition. First of all, my definition, this is a working definition obviously, uh, I, I define selfish ambition as the pursuit of personal status and fortune acting contrary to God's purposes for business. Now, if, if you don't know what God's purposes are for business, then I would invite you to go look at the last chapter in my book uh, and, and read through those four uh, purposes that God has for business. So selfish ambition is a pursuit of personal status. It's a pursuit of, of your own fortune, your own money, so to speak, acting contrary uh, to God's purposes for business. We have an example of selfish ambition uh, in Mark 10, verses 36 through 45. This is the story of James and John. Just let me read this uh, for you. And actually read with me, if you would, please. James, John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to Christ, him is Christ, and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you, which is actually pretty pompous when you stop to think about it. I don't know if I've ever gone up to anybody and said, I want you to do what I'm going to ask you to do. Uh, unless, of course, <laughs> they were a direct report of mine in a business and I was asking them to do something that was that's within their job description. Uh, that's probably the only exception. And uh, Christ said to them, what do you want me to do for you? He's pretty gracious in his response, wasn't he? And they said, grant us to sit one at your right hand and the other at your left, in your glory. Jesus said to them, you really don't know what you're asking. 
Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? He's really talking about his death, his burial, and his resurrection there. That's what he's referring to. And they said to him, yeah, we're able. Again, pretty arrogant and pretty ignorant on their part. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the other ten heard about this, they began to be indignant at James and John. Obviously, this would be a divisive thing among any group of people, and the disciples were no exception. So Jesus calls them all together and he says to them, Look, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. In other words, he's taking this as a teachable moment to show them that whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, James and John wanted status, right? They wanted political power. And they thought they better buddy up to Jesus pretty darn quick before he becomes famous, so that when he does become famous, they kind of ride his coattails. And one sits on one side of Jesus and the other sits on the other side when Jesus finally takes the throne of political power. Selfish ambition is really about my agenda, my comfort, my plans, my life. James and John didn't really have Christ's interest in heart. They certainly didn't have the other 10 disciples, their interests at heart, right? It, they were focusing on themselves. And it was about their agenda, their comfort, their future, their plans, their lives. I think selfish ambition comes from a place of pride. It is highly self-focused. You seek great things for yourself. We're going to look at that in just a moment, a little bit more. You seek great things for yourself. You seek position. You seek status. You seek your own comfort. And you put it ahead of other people. That's really uh, how I position selfish ambition. There are more examples of this, by the way, in the scriptures. Think about the story of Absalom trying to gain control of the throne from his father David. You can read about that in 2 Samuel 15. Or Adonijah putting himself forward as, as, as the king in 1 Kings chapter 1. We have the king of Babylon in Isaiah 14 and the ruler of Tyre in Ezekiel 28 and an unnamed king in Daniel 11, all of whom tried to exalt themselves above God. Of course, in the New Testament, we have the Antichrist who will exalt himself over everything that is called God. You can read about that in 2 Thessalonians. In Jeremiah 45 verse 5, we're told by God not to seek great things for ourselves. And I think this doesn't just apply to people in business, although it does. I think it's very difficult for people who are in politics to be running for a future office, a higher office, and, and not violate Jeremiah 45.5. But I think the place where it's most difficult, quite frankly, for us to obey are those of us who are teachers of the Word of God. And uh, we want to stand up in front of large groups of people and we want to preach. Uh, people seeking great things for themselves 
exists very much within the pastoral and the evangelical and the evangelistic communities. And uh, those of us who preach uh, and teach the Word of God uh, need to pay uh, a lot of attention to Jeremiah 45.5 and to check ourselves to make sure that we're not operating out of um, selfish ambition. Let's also remember that God opposes those who live out of selfish ambition. That's in James chapter 4, verse 6, where he says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And the reason I chose that verse, if I go back here, uh, remember that it is pride. If, if, if you look at where my mouse is, um, it's really about pride and being self-focused. That's where selfish ambition comes from. And so God opposes those who live out of pride and live out of selfish ambition. So if you're trying to promote yourself just so that you can be more famous or be, or be uh, more, um, uh, more influential or have more money, uh, if it's selfish ambition, that's going to be difficult uh, for God to bless. It really is. Uh, social media is another place that I think we need to just mention for just a moment. It's, it's really difficult for a person to build a platform on social media uh, without having selfish ambition. Yeah. And I know that's kind of a strong statement, but most people who are building platforms, you know, trying to get followers, they're doing it, they're doing it not because God is leading them to do it, but because they just want the affirmation, they want the uh, fame, maybe they want to be able to sell more books, uh, maybe they want to be able to sell more clothing, something like that. So uh, it, it's marketing becomes very difficult if you're marketing yourself. Uh, and you just have to really check yourself that you're not that you don't have selfish ambition in your heart when you're doing it. So, godly ambition is really uh, very different. Godly ambition is those who live under uh, a a leading of the Spirit of God. Okay, so what I wrote here was that Christians in business who live under a godly ambition are led by the Spirit. And the contrast that I want to draw here is led versus driven. I'm going to come back to that once or twice more here. This is what I wrote in my book. Uh, the drive to succeed can be submitted to the authority and the will of God. So when this happens, we can become Christian business owners who are led by the Spirit. And we will learn to be at rest when the Spirit doesn't lead us into a new product, opportunity, or a new venture, even when the business logic may indicate otherwise. We learn to fully trust God that this is best for us personally and our business. And then I go on to say, driven business owners have a hard time saying no to every new shiny object. Spirit-led business owners see the same opportunities but they first ask the Lord if they should go after the new opportunity. They have trust in God's direction, and they find contentment in a no from God. Instead of seeing his no as just another barrier to get what they really want and it kind of not making sense to them, uh, they submit themselves to God's leading and allow him to decide when and how to grow their businesses. That's what I mean by godly ambition. It, is, it really isn't about the amount of wealth you have. Uh, I know um, a couple of different people who are worth well over you know, $30, $40 million, and they don't have a lick of selfish ambition in them. They really don't. 
So godly ambition isn't about being poor versus being wealthy, okay? But it is about submitting your ambition to God. And it conforms our definition of success to align with God's agenda. In other words, did I, did I move forward God's kingdom or did I, did I just move forward my own kingdom? Did I really use my business to further God's purposes in the marketplace and in the world and kind of help set the table for a revival in our church? Or did I just pad my pockets so that I can build a bigger house on a nicer lake uh, with, with nicer cars and take fancier vacations? Godly ambition is about your really what you love and really about your affections. And those with a godly ambition, you'll find, have a very deep love for God. And, it's, and it's, it's a pure love. And they don't wear it on their sleeves, but it's there. Uh, those who have loves other than God, they got one foot in the world. They've got one foot uh, in, in the Christian camp, so to speak, trying to love God. Those people you'll find are double-minded. And they are people who are restless. And they are people who are discontent. And they are people who um, try to have it all. They try to have the best of the world and the best of the spiritual world from God. And they try to have treasures on this earth and try to have treasures in heaven. And it, it, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, godly ambition will have God as their primary, primary I'm sorry, God as their primary and, uh, and highest love. And finally, godly ambition results in us being generous towards God because we don't love our money. And so we're willing to give it to God. We're willing to give it away. We're willing to say, God, all of this cash that I've developed uh, through my business, all this wealth that I have, it's yours, right? And so you can take it and you can, you know, if, if I made uh, 10 million this year and you want me to give away uh, 9.9 .9 million of it, great, I'll do that, you know? And so... Um, uh, that's that's what it's, it's even even more even more than tithing, it's about being generous towards God, and uh, and they're happy to give their money away as God directs. So to answer the question, can we be content business owners while also being ambitious to grow our business and create more wealth? I think the answer is yes, but our our ambition comes from being led by Christ instead of being driven by our own desires. Instead of being driven uh, in, you know, to get the most money we can and to have the most influence we can, it's really just being led by Christ. But yes, I think we can be content and be ambitious if we have a godly ambition. So our lessons that we've learned so far in this series, that God owns everything, everything we have is an entrustment from the Lord. Good stewards know their master well. It's God who gives us the ability to create wealth. Uh, that's from Deuteronomy 8. And uh, godly stewards are content with what God gives them. And we, um, uh, we who have a godly ambition, we are led people. We are not driven people. So I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, I'm Bill English, publisher here at Bible and Business. In our next and final episode in this series on Christian stewardship, I'm going to take a pit stop and really uh, look at what the Bible has to say about saving for the future. 
if we are Christian stewards and all that we have is an entrustment from God, uh, then how much should we save for the future? How much should we give away today? What does the Bible have about saving for the future? This will be the seventh of a seven part of this seven part series on Christian stewardship. I hope you'll uh, join me for that episode. Thank you for coming today. Drop me a line sometime, bill at bibleandbusiness.com. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you'll head over to the uh, website and take advantage of all that I've written for the Christian business owners and Christians who are leaders in business, I would certainly appreciate it. So again, thanks for joining me. Go out and make it a great day. Take care.